Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? Uh, the room is different cookie cutter mm -hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to The Room Minute. The podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room. One minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 77 of The Room in Which Johnny's Last Birthday Party Gets Started. Last birthday party ever. Uh, he doesn't know. I mean, you know, he just got off work. I guess it's a Friday, maybe. And he's walking from Port of San Francisco through Sue Bierman Park into Union Square. Stockton and Post is the location. He walked basically a mile. And in my notes, I'm like, maybe, like, subconsciously he knows he's going to die soon. So he's just going for a leisurely stroll across the entirety of San Francisco. Oh, hi, copyright violation. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Johan. <laughs> Wait, what's like, the copyright violation? Where they hide the Disney? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> they're like, no, it's not quite Disney, so we're not really putting that in the film. Which is funny, because you could totally just walk past the Disney store. It doesn't, like, that doesn't matter. It's in a, a public location. Yeah. But Tommy would not want to. Yeah, but it, it goes he, into... He doesn't want people's brands. Thing that would Disney be okay if they realized that their logo showed up in this movie? <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming not. So that's why it's just like, let's kind of just hide it. Yeah. I totally heard you, Ron. I heard cocky right violation. And I was so confused. I'm like, is this an inside joke? No. I didn't know what to say. That's what Disney does all the time. You. A cocky rights violation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I said before, because of this uh, pandemic, everything's an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we get... <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> it took me a second. Coming off the last minute, we get 25 seconds of Johnny walking. I mean, it's it's no Jerry, but still, it's a lot. You said like he's walking about a mile? By the time we see him at Stockton and Post, I believe it's a mile from the port of San Francisco. Yeah. That he hasn't gotten very far, though. Yeah, th that's a long walk. Like, because there's still some daylight. Like, this is just dusk. Yeah. And then when he gets to the Disney store, this is nighttime. Well, and it's it's also, well, it is, actually, that doesn't make any sense, because in the movie, it's May. So, nighttime means it's late yeah. at this start. But they're not thinking this through, because also, the party should have been yesterday. The editing, when I, if I get around to trying to fix this. As you'll find on YouTube, I have already done it at this point. I just hadn't yet when we were talking. A lot of this is, this nighttime shot will just go away. Because it's out of place. But, then we're inside the room. It's dark. And I have no idea how the lamp turns on. <laughs> like, he just, wait. Are you, wait, I didn't notice that. I didn't either. The light switch for that lamp is on the cord on the floor. We've seen it before. When uh, Denny sat on the floor, Wait. I believe it was when we saw it. It's one of those lamps. You could have a light switch somewhere for it, but the light switch should be by the door. Not only that. There's no light switches in this room. All the lights go on. Yes. And no one is near a light switch. Well, there's no light switches. At this point, we've seen every part of this room and there are no light switches. Yeah. So it's magic. No, but it's like all the lights go on, like everywhere. Yeah. And no one, everyone's in the center of the room. 
I never noticed that. They have an extra person that's like at the like uh, circuit breakers, just turning it on. <laughs> Power to the building was off. Yeah, that would have to be the reasoning for it because this makes this is almost impossible to do. Yeah. The only way they could do it for filming is this was a set and all the lights were plugged into some exterior power thing. So they just switched them off, switched them on. So that is a surprise. You know, he came home to a house with no power mm-hmm. and then all the lights turned on. So surprise. Surprise! <laughs> and everyone sings happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hi. Happy birthday to you. Oh, wow. Everyone is, by the way, pretty much everyone we've met in the movie, except for one, because there is no Peter. We get Denny, Mark, Lisa, Claudette, Stephen, who we haven't met yet, Michelle, Mike, actress Piper Gore, Carrie McDermott, and Jennifer Vanderblick, a guy, uh, Bennett Dunn, and Amy Von Brock, who is the makeup artist for the film. And I'm not sure which one she is. We get people we haven't met. There were supposed to be a lot of extras. They have basically four. Um, well, I mean, it's everyone who lives at the building. <laughs> it's a small building. That works. That's his friend group. Yeah. Here's the thing that I thought was weirdest where they sing happy birthday. It wasn't public domain yet. No. By this time. Oh. Well, it wasn't known to be public domain. Technically, retroactively, it was. But yeah. no, at the time, they just went with it. He might have paid for it. I don't know. He wouldn't want to sing some weird mm. song. From what I understand, singing that song is very expensive, especially if you record it and you plan to distribute yeah. anything with that song. It's very expensive. Yeah, they had a great episode of Sports Night all about that. Oh, really? He was going to sing a Happy Birthday on the air and he realized it cost money last year. So he's like, what song do you want me to sing? Here's a list of public domain songs. Pick one. Yeah, Isaac, you got a second? What's going on? I got the intellectual property cops crawling up my butt. The intellectual property cops yeah. are crawling up your butt. The heat's all over me. What the hell are you talking about, Dan? I sang happy birthday to Casey on the air. When? Well, on his birthday, Isaac. Oh, sure. The network's being charged $2,500 by the copyright holder. Someone holds a copyright to happy birthday? They're representatives of Patty and Mildred Hill. Took two people to write that song? Go figure. But the important thing is, I'm putting together a list of songs in the public domain, and I'm asking each person to pick a song they'd like to have sung to them on their birthday. Why are you talking to me? For you, I've brought it down to two choices. Libiamo, Libiamo by Giuseppe Verdi, or Yo-Ho-Ho in a bottle of rum. Are you on any medication right now? I'm going to go with the Verdi. So you're going to have a new song, a different song for each person to sing for their birthday. Oh, that's funny. But that's why like right now, like when they sing happy birthday, for some reason, it feels so awkward. Mm, Yeah. And I'm wondering why, like, is it because everybody's uncomfortable singing that song while being recorded? Eh. Like, does everybody understand the concept? I think it's just because they have probably a bad audio. (laughs) I think people are used to singing this song. Yeah, but in private. Maybe. I don't think about it like that. Like if someone was recording me, I don't think I'd care. But these are also people that don't, there's four people in this room that don't know anyone else. This is their first day on set and they're just in this weird place and everyone's singing and for whatever reason, yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, it, it's a weird it just, energy. It feels, yeah, it feels so awkward. And then Johnny makes it worse by talking the whole time because <laughs> they're singing. He's like, Hey, how are you? Hi. Oh, oh, wow. 
wow all right thank you thank you and like he's trying to stop them from singing it well i mean it's so awkward i mean i don't like talk but like when people are all around you singing happy birthday i'm always like how am i supposed to react well yeah it is weird but (laughs) you don't talk through it i don't talk i don't talk i'm not like okay you guys well, here's the weird. Here's one thing that's weird. At about like second forty to forty one, Johnny sings along. <laughs> well, he's wishing himself a happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to me. You almost have to sometimes when the song is awkward. It's like, ugh, uh, fine, I'll join in. Otherwise, you got to sit there. Yeah, he seems like he's genuinely enjoying being sung to. Yeah, and it sometimes it's like when you see like a five year old sing it when you're singing happy birthday to the five-year-old like sometimes they sing along because like mm-hmm. hey everybody's singing i'm gonna join so excited yeah well he's like a little kid yeah yeah well he looks like it dressed in that suit we would always make ours even more awkward because we'd sing happy birthday and then my youngest daughter she went to mm-hmm. elementary school that was half korean half english program mm-hmm. so she would sing the korean birthday song oh after and so the person had to just sit there for a little bit longer <laughs> while she'd sing that uh, so, yeah, that is that's just You sit there and wait, and you have to blow out the candles, and you're just staring at a cake for a long time while everyone sings. Yeah. Or the person that goes, and many more! <laughs> yeah, on Channel 4. <laughs> yeah. There are so many ways to or make this awkward. Cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I hate that so much. But, you know, I think it might be also stemmed that I hate singing this song or have it sung to me yeah maybe that's what's making it awkward like i really hate the happy birthday song i really do well it's such a generic song i mean the tune is like literally the same as what twinkle twinkle little star and yeah there's like three songs or four songs that all have that same tune mm-hmm. and it's like ugh, I, we get it it's it's so childish <laughs> but also singing it's so forced yeah like it it doesn't replace just saying Hey, happy birthday. Right. Someone starts singing and then suddenly everyone at the party has to join. Yeah, I hate that person that tries to start it every time. And if you don't join, you're like, ugh. Yeah. Someone's going to notice. And then they, they do that that hand gesture. Like, come on, come on, sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, right. nowadays, okay. like, I mean, back then when they were filming, were there smartphones back then? No. No. I'm so, <laughs> I didn't have a phone until I was in high school, so I don't know. Because, like, nowadays there's, like, someone who's recording at least whenever I have to sing happy birthday and that's like so awkward. It's like, I don't want to be on video. I don't want to <laughs> be on your Facebook page. singing happy birthday. That makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. See, I understand it with children. Children have, they deserve to be in a space where they get to live in like kind of a lot of magic. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's completely acceptable. Once you're grown up, like that's got to go out the window. Yeah. Like a surprise party's nice, but do they have to sing? Yeah, you don't. Like sometimes it's okay when the cake's coming in. You know, there's this whole production like where it's all dark. Yeah, if it's brought in because it's like big cake or something. Yeah, because it kind of fills the gap of like the cake making its way (laughs) to the table. But then it's also weird when somebody brings it in slowly because they're like, oh, I'm going to get this cake to the table way before the song is over. (laughs) I don't know. It just creates a lot of awkwardness, this song. At least for me. Well, it kind of does. I'll I'll jump ahead to Notes from Midnight Screening because there are only two here. Notes from Midnight Screening. They say surprise along with everyone else, and then they kind of just get forced into singing Happy Birthday along with the movie. There's nothing else to do. I mean, in this minute, nothing really happens. No. He's walking for 
all like they almost half the the minute. Yeah, there's no interaction for half the minute. It is just Johnny. We gotta linger on him as he gets to his party. Yeah, and at this point, first time watching the movie, you don't know he's gonna die, so it's not like it's not like we started the movie with like them finding his body and it's telling the story how it got there. My name is Lester Burnham. This is my neighborhood. This is my street. This is my life. I'm 42 years old. In less than a year, I'll be dead. Of course, I don't know that yet. And in a way, I'm dead already. Because then he could build sort of tension as like, oh, he's on the way to the party where he's going to end up dead. Yeah. And we don't know how it's going to happen. So one thing I want to bring up about all this walking that makes it really, really awkward mm-hmm. is, have you seen that movie, The Good Shepherd with Matt Damon? Yeah. So the one thing that ruins that movie for me is the fact that there's a lot of walking <laughs> and it makes no sense because it's like <laughs> almost a minute long. Like he's walking in a building and he's walking down a long hallway and you all you hear is his feet. Like this sort of thing is just so unnecessary because it establishes nothing. There's no no spying. There's no conversation. Right. It, you're just watching somebody walk a long distance. And At least last week during like the jogging, there was a conversation. Yes. This is just nothing. Yeah. So this is just, it's so more than unnecessary. And I understand they're just trying to get the most of filming in San Francisco when they're there, Mm -hmm. but they must have shot so much and so much was cut out that they just, it feels like we gave him enough that he wanted of actual San Francisco. I wonder if it would have worked better if like there hadn't been, what do we get? Four different shots of him walking here. If it just been one. Yeah. Like the Port of San Francisco one, he's off work, cut to party. But it's like, maybe they had three more left and he's like, we got to use all of these. We filmed them. Yeah. Because they used basically everything they shot, except for the alley version of the Chris R scene, which they replaced. Yeah. And it seems like this was a kind of difficult for them to do because they just, it was like, a. it seemed like in the Disaster Artist, it was a spur of the moment trip to San Francisco for Greg Sestero. Yeah. So they were doing all that they could because they probably weren't set up to stay there much longer. No. Like it was just a day trip. And they didn't have permits or anything. It was just go back to San Francisco and well, Tommy would go back and forth between San Francisco and LA anyway. But yeah, Greg was living at this point and still in Tommy's apartment in LA. Yeah. But that's an eight hour drive to seven hour drive. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Six for possibly, but well, it's still, you could do it in less, but you got to speed a half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've made a couple of trips to Vegas, which is about four hours, yeah. four hours, but in a time it takes me to go to Vegas and come back, he only made it one way to one city. Mm-hmm. So I can't understand why you would want to establish so much of that city and you filming so much. It's like as if he wanted to show off that he was in San Francisco. And we still have never figured out why. Like, it does not matter that this takes place in San Francisco. Yeah. So, like, San Francisco is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But it's not that good to have this much. Lots of establishing shots. Yeah. Because it's not even like huge landmarks or anything. It's just like, mm-hmm. this is San Francisco enough. It's like the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. In a, in a way, the four shots we get here of him walking, mm-hmm. had they not been together, are kind of nice establishing shots because they're not obvious. It's not Golden Gate Bridge. 
It's not Trans America building. Yeah, but it, it's not. It, it's good because it's him. Right. Yeah, but when they're when they're using stock footage of San Francisco, well, they didn't use stock footage. No, I know, but previously it wasn't was stock footage. All? It was there. That was. Yeah. Are you kidding? Okay. No, he wasn't going to use stock footage. He could get a guy to go up on a hill and film something illegally. It looks so bad, though. <laughs> Well, it's because they didn't know what they were going to be shooting until they went up to do it. They weren't prepared. Yeah, that's right, true. They did a few shots of the Golden Gate Bridge, moving the camera back and forth, and then put their camera away and left before they got in trouble. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they did not have filming rights for this. No. Because especially the scene where he's walking through the square. like he's ju- It's just him walking. Yeah, you could put a point a camera at someone because you could pretend you're a tourist. Yeah. But there's no way, like, the camera seems still across the street, and he just walks across. Like, he could have done this himself. Mm-hmm. Like, cover the camera with a newspaper and just... Yeah, set the camera down and just walk around. Yeah, because he is not properly lit as he walks across. If it wasn't for the fact that we know it's Tommy, you can't tell what he looks like. <laughs> you can't. There's no focus on his face. It's a huge shadow across the yeah. side of his face because there's no lighting, no proper lighting. Yeah, we just know him from the previous shot. Yeah, because at, like, second 21, where he's directly... In between the light post and the camera, mm-hmm. it's just shadow on his face. Huh. So, I mean, this could be one of those moments where he just filmed it himself and thought he could do it. And he just set a camera up and just walked across. It could have. It, it wasn't because Tommy was wanted his professional director of photography to be there and do it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but the way it's done. But yeah, it's so simple. It could have been. Yeah. Or Greg could have done it. You know, because he made Greg go for the San Francisco stuff. Yeah, he probably forced Greg to do it. That wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> well, Greg was there. Yeah, it I was, know. It was, what, four people, I think. Yeah. It was the director of photography, Greg, Tommy, and someone else. I forget who. Like the actual cameraman or something. Because or, definitely the, the, the sound designer. I don't know if they had a separate cameraman other than the director of photography, actually. Yeah. But if so, yeah, it was probably that. Even in the, the shots in the park, the audio isn't that great. Like, it seems like they just tried to get a quiet portion of the park so they could so hear like a dub audio over it, yeah. Yeah, because it's not very good. So, like, who in the crew is there? And it doesn't seem like it's the right people that's necessary. Wait, I'm trying to see something. It seems like the light goes on when... This is... I was just moving a little bit into the, the minute here. But second 30, the light goes on when the door clicks okay. into the... Like, when he closes it. Yeah. So maybe... There's a completed circuit. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> as soon as you hear the click, because that, that was the whole thing. That's what I thought it was, that there's someone that hit a light. But turns out it's a click on the door. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that's just an unfortunate coincidence. Yeah. Door happened to close when they had the sound effect in. Mm-hmm. So I'm double checking who was there. It was Todd Barron, who was director of photography number three. Mm-hmm. Greg. Joe Pasella was the camera assistant. So these credits that as. So he was there. And then Zolt Magyar, the sound mixer? They didn't need to use any of the sound. I guess they got sound just in case, but you could hardly ever tell if it's real. So it was five of them. Wandering around San Francisco and just getting shots and then yeah. leaving. And whenever you go through these movies minute by minute, even though the room is already in a case of its own, yeah. the the guy on the right of the surprise party, is his name is Mike? Uh, what is his name? The one with the underwears. Yeah, that's Mike. Yeah. That bracelet of his, it's just, now it's catching my eye. It looks like such a douchey, like, opal stone bracelet, like, that's tied together with hemp or something. I don't know. I'm diving too much into this minute. I need to bail out. Yeah, I, I only have one more note, is I'm wondering where the bread went. The bread? We know Mark brought bread, and it is not on the, uh... Why would that be your go-to? 
it's just what I noticed because they do have the chips and the pretzels, which we saw, but not the bread. No, I mean, why would you bring bread? I don't know. They're weird. Like San San Francisco has great sourdough. Maybe that's it. it might have been sourdough. Yeah, maybe it it was hard to tell because the way Lisa picked it up out of the bag, it might have been sourdough. Because at the bottom right of that table there, where I guess oh, is it there? Yeah. See, so there's like it looks like celery wrapped around sourdough with cocktail sauce Mm. in the middle, which is very disgusting. (laughs) Like that whole combination is disgusting. You put shrimp, not celery. Yeah. You don't put ketchup on celery. You like and use that to eat. Like, Mm. like one of them, the the one in the center, that's definitely something from like Vons. You've seen that easily. And then the cake looks like it's something from the bakery department. Yeah. Doesn't look like there's a lot of thought into this birthday party they've been planning. No. The cake looks kind of sad, too. I think this is the first time we've seen that there's two candles with three wicks. Yeah. We thought it was just the same one candle that just kept going from scene to scene. Why would you put a scented candle next to food? It, it creates this weird aroma if it's a strong candle. It's such a big candle. I think they just had nowhere else to put it but to keep it on the table. Although they added a second one, so I don't know. They did it on purpose. Yeah. Whoever decorated this set this day, it's not very good. I I have a feeling that whoever decorated it did a half this amount, and then Tommy just said, no, more and more. It has to look like a celebration. And it still never got to what he wanted. He wanted a whole bunch of extras, and he wanted, and it when he interviewed the extras, people did, thought he was weird, and people left. Oh, well, I mean, can't blame him. And this late in the production, Greg wasn't helping. He was like, I'm not going to talk anyone to stay in. Yeah. Because he was tired of it. And you can see when they're singing, he's not into it. Yeah. Could you imagine being an extra? First off, there's a good chance you're not getting paid to be in this. And the person who you're talking to looks like Tommy was so. (laughs) (laughs) Adding insult to injury. If you're smart a decade after, you make something interesting out of it. Yeah. But But you uh, don't know like what this movie's going to do in a decade. Right. At the time. No. Yeah. Why would you want to be there? Like, you don't know where his accent is from. He's got this jaunt-looking pale face with long hair that looks like it's wet continuously. <laughs> and then he just tells you, I want you to stand in the background and sing happy birthday to me. That all sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... But they were willing to do it. Yeah. If they were willing to do it. Well, clearly these four were, and I think there's a couple more up on the roof yeah. that aren't in this scene. But there's also a good chance that if you're being put on this and you start to think like, maybe, maybe I'll do this. Like the shooting schedule is so off and weird that you actually cannot even plan your day to do this thing that you're not even going to get paid for. Right. Now this just makes it weirder and weirder. Except the one guy gets to speak in this scene. So he's the only one that really benefited for being added in. Well, and that's just because Peter had to leave. Yeah. But that's what I mean. He's the only one that really benefited. So, Johan, one more time. Where can listeners hear more from you? You guys can find me on ID4 Minute. It's a Movies by Minute podcast about Independence Day. And I host that show with Alex and Matt. So it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs>